0: All right, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to everyone for being here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing, sharing with you the things that the Lord has laid on our hearts to share. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. Fourth chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start reading at verse three. It says, And as he sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. Everybody see that? So he's telling us, uh, we're going to focus on this last thing here. What will be the sign of the end of the world? So let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ And shall deceive many. He's not talking about necessarily people saying that they were would come and say that they were Jesus Christ or the Savior of the world. He's talking about many preachers coming saying, I'm sent by Christ. I represent Christ. So the first thing he tells them is to take heed. In other words, pay attention. And don't be deceived. So that's the first thing he tells us. Don't be deceived because many people are going to come basically in my name claiming that I've sent them. You see that? And so verse 6 says, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse diverse places. Everybody see what they're saying there. So do we see all that today? We see the pestilence, we see the famines. You see the earthquakes in diverse places. And then he says in verse 8, all these are the beginning of what? Sorrows. Does he tell them, and then I'm going to come and take y'all, I'm, but I'm going to come get y'all before all this. Y'all ain't got to experience anything, any of this. Everybody see? Verse 9, then shall ye... Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations. Why? For my name's sake. People are going to hate Christians, real Christians. Everybody understand? They're going to hate the fact that you're living for God with your whole heart. Now look at what he says. They shall be hated of what? Ye shall be hated of what? All who? He's telling you on what level it's going to be at. There was a time when this, when this nation, the United States of America, was claiming to be a Christian nation. But now we see what's happening here. Some people do come out of the closet to push the Christians into that same closet. In other words, it's, it's, it's a government thing. Ye shall be hated of all nations. Everybody understand? What does that mean? That there will be laws in place that will, in effect, <laughs> put a burden on you to be a Christian. Why? Because what was decent at one time is no longer decent. What was an abomination at one time in their minds is no longer an abomination. And anybody that stand up and say that it is, is not loving, is not accepting. You don't have the love of God when you can draw a line and say what's an abomination and what's not, what's holy and what's profane. That's not the love of God. Everybody see? So that's the nation that we live in today. Everybody understand? All right. Verse 10. And then. Everybody see that? Shall many be offended. And shall betray one another. And shall what? Hate one another. Everybody see that? So is that what's going on today? Some years ago, um, I had a dream that I was in a church. It was a it was a young man that I grew up next to. He was older than me. Uh, he was uh, deaf and dumb, and uh, he had come to that church. And uh, I can't remember all of the details of it, but basically, um, I don't know if I was up there preaching or what I was doing. But I was standing up front, and he had come up, and I, I. Uh, I felt like the, I, no, I, I said now, because he had come into church and he was sitting there, and I said, as many churches as we have here in our town, there's something wrong when this son of Abraham has walked around for years deaf and dumb. I, in a dream, I called him a son of Abraham. And I called him to come up, and I did. I laid hands on him. No, I put my fingers in his ears and commanded the deaf and dumb spirit to come out. And it did, and he began to talk, and he could hear. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the reason why you don't see these types of miracles today is because people do not have the love that it takes to do these types of miracles. And when he said that, it's like he pulled all of the breath out of my body. Like, it just... Him saying that, he might as well have just spoke judgment on the whole world. So when he said that, I just collapsed right where I stood. I just collapsed and cried and cried. And um, when I woke up from that, I was crying. Because I could not believe that God had told me that the lack of miracles is because of the lack of love. And, and he was accusing us of that. I'm talking about the church world. That... that, that That, you know, there's a lack of love. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Love that has grown cold. That's the world that we live in today. I'm going to just use this as an an example and put myself out there. You know, I was driving um, driving not too long ago uh, to Hendersonville. And I, I, I wanted to know the exact time I would get to my destination show, so I put it in my GPS, the uh, address, and I put it in my GPS, and um, it told me I would come out better. The GPS said, "Go up to Clarksville and then down to Hendersonville, because there's an accident. It must have been pretty bad. And uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, that's two hours out of the way. But it was telling me, going up there and then coming back down, that would be the quickest way. And I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'll just take my chances just, and just keep going straight. And so I kept driving. And when I got to the place where the accident was supposed to be there, on I-40, it was not there. And uh, so traffic was flowing smoothly like it should have been. And I thought to myself, oh, good. The accident is cleared up and, and the, the way is free. It's all clear. Good, good, good. How many of you know where I'm going? Then the Lord spoke and said, did you pray for the people who were in the accident? How do you know there's not a death? And then he let me know that's the condition of my people. You're glad that you're not going to be inconvenienced, but somebody was. Somebody could have died in that accident. But you thanking me for clearing the way. Because it's all about you and you getting somewhere. Forget about the life that might have been lost, the soul that may have been lost forever. Now we have to put ourselves in that predicament. How would we respond? When we come up on an accident, are we mad you think about it. how many of you've been stalled for an hour, just sitting in in the dead traffic. Just traffic ain't going anywhere. What were you doing? Complaining or praying? Everybody see that? That's that's love that have grown cold. Everybody understand? Every in everyday life, we can see our lack of love. Where we're you know. Uh, today, in, in today's world, they teach, um, you know, you got to love yourself. Love yourself, you know. And what to me, what it comes from is the idea of you've been, you've been, you know, doing for other people for so long, and they've just taken advantage of you. So you got to take all that back. Take your power back and love yourself. Look out for self. You've already let people just use you up and spit you out and whatever. So now, love yourself. Does the Bible tell us to love ourselves? It says to love our neighbors as ourselves. Everybody understand? Love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Doesn't it say that? You know what that means? that I should be able to put myself in the shoes of other people. And I ought to be able to identify. Oftentimes, before Jesus Christ did a miracle, it said that he was moved with compassion. Everybody understand? He was moved with compassion. In other words, he could identify and listen, it wasn't always from his own experience. So we're not talking about this false type of identification where well, you've gone through something. Everybody understand? Because that, unfortunately, today is like that's the closest we could come to feeling for somebody else. Oh, you've been cheated on? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to talk to you on the phone. I'm going to make sure you're not lonely. When you break up with him or her, and I'm going to go. Why? Because I've been through the same thing. And what you call empathy is really you just reliving your own experience. You don't have to read. That's, that's the fake, false type of love. And that's the false type of sympathy you really just reliving it yourself and replaying your own hurt and and got people convinced that you really care. Everybody understand? But you let people go through something that you've never gone through. You can't identify it all. I don't know. I'll I'll be praying for you. (laughs) Everybody see? But when you have the love of God on the inside of you, God's love is what reaches out to people. Regardless of whether you've gone through the same experience or not, and I'm telling you, I I, I really really want us to get this. Does everybody understand? Because I'm telling you, our lack of godly love towards people, it will cause us to miss heaven. It will cause us to be indifferent. The Lord spoke to me back in November, I think, of 2016 and said, there's not enough empathy in my church. That's the ability to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and to really identify with what they're going through. That is the area where the miracles take place. So let me ask this question. I've been praying for the last, let me see, what is this, 2019 I've been praying for almost 20 years now that the Lord will heal my eyes. How many of you heard me say that? I pray that on a regular basis. How many of you praying for me on a regular basis? Does everybody understand? That's the lack of empathy. I don't want to wear glasses no more than you're not wearing them. Everybody understand? But if you don't wear glasses, it ain't no big deal to you. You got your eyesight. Everybody understand? You know I've had these same pair of glasses for over 20 years? Same pair. Go and look at some of the old videos when I was down in Louisiana. Same pair. I refuse to spend another dollar on what God is going to heal. Everybody understand? Now these glasses, you know, they I don't keep them in a case. They drop all the time. My wife will tell you. It must be God keeping them together. I mean, they drop all the time, you know. They're not scratched up or anything. So that's that's what we're talking about. Is that being able to identify with people. And the Lord tells us, look at what verse uh 10 says, and then shall many be what? Offended. The lack of love is what causes people to walk in offense. Everybody understand? You know what offense is? I understand me, but I'm not willing to understand you. I understand my point. That's that's what it is in a nutshell. I'm putting myself above you my thoughts above yours I understand what I'm saying and what I'm going through but I'm not willing to see it from your perspective so I'm offended at you everybody understand I have expectations and I don't care what you were doing on the other side I'm telling you, you should have been doing what I wanted you to do that's offense in a nutshell and so because of the lack of love the Lord says that many people shall be offended Notice he, don't, he, doesn't, he doesn't name an area because offense is a devil that you can't assign to different areas. If you have it, you have it. And you're going to always be offended. It's, it's, that's going to be the cycle there. But he says the lack of love, that's, it, that is what will cause the offense. Now, many of us have dealt with offense. How many of us in real life have been offended at somebody? Now if you think about your, your situation, what were you offended at? Think about this, what were you offended at and ask yourself this question, did I really consider the other person in my offense? Did I look at it from their perspective? You know why you didn't? The lack of love. Everybody understand? Love, when you have the love of God, It gives people the benefit of the doubt. Everybody understand? It it gives people the benefit of the doubt. So look at what he says in verse 10. And then shall many be offended. Now he's going to tell us what what, what comes from offense. And shall betray one another. Everybody understand? And shall hate one another. Now let me explain what he's saying there. He goes from offense to betrayal to hatred which really is the same as murder. So if I have a lack of love for you to the point where I can get offended at you and not consider your mind about something or what your thought process was about whatever the situation was then that offense if it stays there then what is it going to cause me to do if I'm the one that have the offense It's going to cause me to want to get back at you I'm going to betray you That's not now that's that's I'm telling you anybody that has not gotten over offense and you've let it take its course that's where it goes the betrayal nobody just hold on the offense Offense got children. Everybody understand? And so betrayal is the next thing. In other words, the lo- what, do, what, do, what does the word betray mean? It means that you're loyal to, to a certain cause or to a certain person, but then you remove that loyalty. Now I'm friends with your enemies. I betrayed you. What I mean, isn't that what Judas did to Jesus Christ? He betrayed him to do what? To to go work on a chicken farm somewhere? No, he betrayed him to hatred. Everybody see? And shall hate one another. In other words, to the death. And so when we get into this thing of I'm offended, so now I got to get back at you some kind of way. Then when we take that on, then the next thing we take on is hatred. I don't care if you drop dead or not. You can can fall off the face of this earth. I would not care. But all of that comes. And so look at what he says in verse 10. And then many, shall many. Everybody see that? In other words, offense is going to be a way of life. Betrayal going to be a way of life. Hatred is going to be a way of life. People use social media to to gangbang is what I call it. How many of you seen that foolishness? I ain't going to say no names, but I know they're reading this. They know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Doing everything but calling the person and telling them, hey, you, you know, I was really hurt by what you did. That's, that's too much like right. <laughs> what is it, offense? And I'm telling you, social media, it provides a very good platform for offense. That's all it's about, pretty much. Offense, everybody understand? Even people showing off, showing their new vehicles, showing everything they do in all their life, that's offense. That's, that's all it is. I'm offended because you're living a good life, so I'm going to show you I'm living a good life. I'm going to take a picture of every piece of ham I ever eat. Everybody understand? Every time I get a new man, you're going to know about him, even though it's every few months. I don't. know. <laughs> That's offense. Offense. Cause why? Somebody been married for twenty years, and I and you trying to keep up. And I've been in ten relationships in five years, <laughs> but they think it's cute. That's offense. When you're not offended, you ain't got nothing to prove don't nobody have to know about all the men everybody understand (laughs) so verse 11 says and then uh, verse 11 and many false prophets shall rise everybody see that So, in this atmosphere of offense, that is where the false prophet prevails. Everybody understand? In this atmosphere of offense, that's where the false prophet is able to deceive many. This lack of love that's present, that that is the atmosphere. That the false prophet can operate in, everybody understand. That's, that's why he's able to, to to why because what what does the false prophet do? He preaches to your emotions, and when you're offended, you're in your emotions. You you know what you know what um, offense is? It's emotions without love. It is what emotions look like when you subtract love from it. Everybody understand? And so in that, the false prophet comes and he preaches all kind of doctrine and it's easy for you to receive it because there's no love in that doctrine. There's a false sense of love. That's what makes it, that's what makes it deceiving. Everybody understand? The false sense of love is this. Let's accept Everybody. You see it on the church bulletins and on the church uh, walls outside. All are welcome. Does the Bible say all are welcome? Everybody understand? All are welcome to change. you welcome to come and start a new life. You're not welcome to come and continue to live in the mud that you've been in. Everybody understand? Isn't it something we got more sense naturally so than we do spiritually? How many of you at your home, you got a little piece of rug outside or something? Outside. What is the purpose of that? Wipe your feet before you come in my house. You know God says the same thing? Do you like people to just come stomping mud up through your house? God doesn't either. Wipe your feet before you come in here. That's what God says. Everybody understand? Yeah, you are welcome, but your dirty shoes aren't. Everybody see? All right, so verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because, now pay close attention to this verse, and because Iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax. In other words, shall grow cold. Now let's pay close attention to that scripture. Why has love grown cold? Why has it grown cold? Because of iniquity. Now we're talking to... Let's forget about the nations. Let's think about us as individuals. If our love have grown cold as an individual, if my love have grown cold, then according to the Bible, it is because of iniquity. In other words, sin in my life. Everybody understand? Now do you see why the devil preaches? And I said the devil. That's his doctrine. The devil preaches that you can't live without sin. Because the devil knows if you accept that doctrine, then automatically your love will decline. Everybody understand? Okay, according to the word of God, in one word, what is the definition of love? What does the Bible say the definition of love is? God. The Bible says God is love. Doesn't it say that? So what, are the, what did God tell us in his word according to one of the prophets? I have not, my hand is not short that it can't reach to you to save you. But your sin have separated between you and me. So can we accept that, that? Can we accept that That scripture there? That sin separates us from God? So if, if God is love, then the more we sin, the further away we get away from God. And so what happens to us then? If God is love. We lose love. Now, notice very carefully what it says there, that the love of many shall wax, in other words, shall grow cold. Does everybody understand what that's saying? Their love grows cold. Now, let me me put this in simple terms. How many of you mothers and you fathers, your children, you know, when they were a certain age, when you left the room, they would cry? How many of you, by your hands, how many of your children would cry when they left the room? Okay. <laughs> how many of your teenage children, they still do the same thing? They grow out of that, don't they? Why? They go, in other words, they grow in the opposite direction. When they were little and full of love and untainted, they couldn't stand. Not to be in the same room with you. When they come, become teenagers, they can't wait for you to leave. Everybody, I'm saying, don't want to spend time with you. Want their own life. They 13 and already got it all figured out. You're the one that's crazy. Everybody understand? That's Everybody see what I'm saying there? But you, you do know that there is a such thing. There are teenagers that, that love their parents, want to be, actually want to be around their parents, that never leave them. They're close-knit. That's because they're untainted. So you have to ask yourself this question. What type of teenager were you? Did you want to see your mom and daddy leave and so it party over here? That's, I'm telling you, if, you're that, if you were that type, it was because your love had grown cold. Everybody understand? Your love had grown cold. That's not you just growing up. Your love has grown cold. Now, how many of you you couldn't wait if you were that type, you couldn't wait for your parents to leave so you could sneak and go to church? Oh, what were why did you want them to leave? You were y'all were having a little private Bible study downstairs? And you y'all y'all were scared of persecution? Your parents are gonna whoop you for Bible study? <laughs> everybody understand why did you want Ma and Paul gone so you could spend time with the Lord because they were interrupting your vibe <laughs> they were blocking you from hearing God <laughs> no you want to do some devilment And because of iniquity. In other words, you wanted to do some other stuff that was going to cause your love to continue to grow cold. Everybody understand? Verse 12, it says, and because iniquity shall abound, in other words, sin, and so iniquity is not just talking about sin, it's just about, it's the attitude of sin, if that makes any sense. So, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In other words, what does love do? It grows in what direction? Cold. Now, I'm gonna just share this. I believe that a nation is in very, very bad shape and it is in trouble when there is a such thing as a woman's prison anywhere, not just one in the middle of the US, you know, because there's not that many women going to jail, (laughs) <laughs> but one, at least one, in every state. We are in bad shape when women are doing things to go to jail. Now, I'm, I'm, I want to get on the women just for a second here. And, and I, let me start off so you don't block me out. Let me start off by showing you why I'm getting on the women. And why we're starting with the women. Now we're really getting on everybody. But I'm, I'm wanting to use this as an example. Who were the first ones to know that Jesus Christ had been risen from the dead? The women. Did they believe what the angel told them? That he's not here? He's risen? They believed it. And what did they do? They went to tell who? The disciples... In other words, the men who had been following him for the last three and a half years, he's not dead. He's risen. And what did they do? They disbelieved it. They were eating and they kept eating. The women believed it. You know why? Because of their nature, because they're emotional, they're more, they were more accepting of that truth. Everybody understand? They were more gullible. They were more soft. And, and women by nature are more nurturing than a man. A woman will believe something before a man will. In other words, men are by nature more stubborn than the man is. By nature. So God used those women to go tell the men he's raised from the dead, but they rejected it. And then one of the last conversations the Lord had with those men, he upbraised them. The Bible says he upbraised them. For unbelief and hardness of heart. The women didn't have the hard, hard, hard hearts. The men did. Everybody understand? The, the men weren't even interested in going to check it out. I'm, I'm not even going to go see what you're talking about. Because that's foolishness. The men, the women believed it First. They were gullible. And by nature, a woman is more soft hearted than a man. That's that's the reason I don't believe women ought to be in the military trying to kill anybody. That's not even in their nature. Everybody understand? God could use Jehu, he he, he could tell them, throw this woman over, throw this woman down, and then run over her with his horse and chariot, and then go upstairs and eat her food. And then say, is she dead? Okay, well go bury her. She's a she's a king's daughter. Go bury her. Eating a woman's food. That's the That's a man. Everybody understand. Not women. They soft. Don't run over her. Move them dogs out the way. Don't let them eat her. Everybody understand. So we all agree that the women are more soft. Well, let me rephrase that. It's supposed to be. Because now we got women that can kill their own offspring. I'm telling you, this is where we've gone in this nation. That, that's a sign that our love have grown cold when women can get pregnant and then kill their own baby. out of convenience. Out of convenience. I can't afford you. I don't like your daddy. Me and your daddy not getting along. I don't see myself marrying him. Which brings me to another point. Men have the propensity to sow their seed to multiply this earth everybody understand there was a time when you heard about cheating you knew it was a man that did it you just knew if there was infidelity in the marriage it was a man Then no doubt about that not today <laughs> Everybody understand? I'm talking I'm ta- now, the, the, the ones by very nature who God have made to nurture and to want a family. She's, she's, she's as bad as the man is now. Just as bad. Everybody understand? Can sleep with men and no good and well. I, I, there's no way in the world I'm going to marry you. I'll sleep with you. But I have no intention on marrying you at all. You're not husband material. But I'll go out with you. We'll take all kind of selfies at the nice restaurant and post them on Facebook. But I can't marry you. My daddy warned me about you. <laughs> Everybody understand? I'm, I'm, look, maybe y'all have accepted the junk... I will never, I have to see it through how God sees it. We live in a corrupt society when women have lost their natural, their natural love. Now, let me share with you just in case you don't know, how you've now lost your natural love when motherhood is not second nature to you. When you treat your children like somebody dropped them off at, at your house and you have to take care of them until you, they're 18. That's how you know your, your love have grown cold. You Basically, you've been trained in this society. Everybody understand? It bothers me when I see young ladies tired of their children, their children. Like the children are no longer a blessing, they're they're a burden. That everybody understand? I'm trying to show you all of this go together. Some women who, who have children, if they could go back and do it all over again, they wouldn't. If I had known that it was going to take away my club in life or whatever kind of life you thought you had. That's the lack of Love we have women today that don't even want to get married let alone have children but when you have love on the inside you love automatically want to share you you want a, a, a husband to share that love with you want children to share that love with that's the nature of love everybody understand for God so loved the world that he did what? He shared his only begotten son. That's what love does. It shares. Everybody see it. But when, if we continue to live in sin, our love will grow. And I'm trying to get you to see what it does. It grows cold. It don't start off that way. It grows cold. The longer you live in sin, the less love you will have. You know why? Because sin by nature is selfish. Anything you do to gratify self and and please self, it's selfish if it's sin. Everybody understand? Let me put it this way. That's the danger of the only child. God gave women a good 40 years of eggs. A 40 year, about a 40 year supply of eggs. Did he not do it? Is that to have be one and done? (laughs) My grandmother gave birth to 18 children 14 of them lived to adulthood. You know what it taught? You know, the more children you have, the better? It teaches them not to be selfish. My mother dropped out of college to take care of her younger siblings. She didn't mind making that sacrifice. Not today, though. Not today. You, You notice that the vehicles are getting smaller and smaller. And when I was growing up, people were driving tanks. We used to call them tanks. Big, you know, big Delta 88s. Yeah, seven or eight people in the same car. Now you got to buy SUV to SUV to, to, to do that. Everybody see. But now what do people want? They want their boy and their girl. And the boy don't necessarily, he ain't even, they're not even in the same world growing up. So they ain't got to learn to share. Everybody understand? But because the parents are selfish and we only want two children, we raise our children to be selfish. And then they can't get along with anybody. Anytime somebody look at them wrong, they, they, they play the bully card. you just bullying me. Everybody understand? That's because people's love have grown grown cold. Now you ladies. That's why it is important for women to be virgins when they get married. What happens when a woman's not a virgin when she gets married? What happens when she's been out there messing around? Can she keep the love of God on the inside of her? There's no way. The love that she started off with, now, the first person she was with, she'd have swung from the moon if if they'd have told her to. But after she figured out that first one wasn't no good, what happens? Everybody else got to pay for it. Now I know better. Do you know better or or is you just hard? Everybody understand? You've taken on the nature of a man. Everybody understand? And it becomes easier for you to just be out there, just out sleeping around with no kind of emotional attachment at all. Let's just hook up. I'm talking this is this is what women take on. So you know, we're not going to even talk about the hard headed man. We know where they are. But but the women, and so why you say, Well, Brother Bolton, why are you saying it? Because I'm saved, I'm sanctified now, I'm you know, I'm settled down, I'm married, or whatever the case, I'm keeping myself now. Here's the question Did your love go in the opposite direction when you came to God? In other words, it was cold when you came to them. Have you gotten healed so you could start from ground zero and learn to trust people again? Learn to love people with a pure heart. Everybody understand? Or do you think it's just supposed to be the way that it is now? What happens with people? They love grows cold because of iniquity. They choose to, people choose to live in sin before they come to the Lord. So what happens, when and so we, since we're using that as an example, what happens to the woman when she's messed around, when she's done things she wasn't supposed to do? She goes into survival mode. I have to harden my heart to survive a man. I can't, how many of you thought that or even said it, I will not allow myself to be hurt like I was before. You know what you're really saying? I will not love the way that I used to. That's what it is. I'm not going to love the way that I used to. Everybody understand? So what happens when you build that big old wall of anti-love that you're not going to let anybody else get to? You're not going to let anybody else get to it. You'll be the one questioning your husband, do you love me? Not because he's out messing around, but because you got walls up. That's keeping you from being able to experience that love. Everybody understand? Your love is cold. Everybody understand? Now if people can question God whether or not he loves them. And the Bible says he is love. How much more so for human beings? Will they question? God wants To heal you of your (laughs) self-inflicted hatred is really what it is. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you can only serve God for so long with a cold heart, with cold love. Everybody understand? Let's read that carefully again, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax what? Did it say the love would disappear? No, the, the love ain't gone. It's somewhere in there. But what it does is it grows cold. Everybody understand what that means? I'll love you when you swung from, from the moon for me. I got love. I know how to love. I'm not crazy. I know how to love. But if you want all this love, you're going to have to prove that you're worthy. Everybody understand? That's, where your mama, that's why your mama was telling you he, he need to bring something to the table. Everybody understand? Do you know that's why in the Bible people could just meet and didn't get married? No, they didn't have to, how I many of you know somebody that were engaged for five years? Ten years, just, you know, we're we still trying to figure out. Now, we sleeping together, but we're still trying to figure out what, where this is going. I, I don't believe you ought to be in a relationship without knowing where it's going. Ain't nobody here getting younger. Everybody see. You know, you shouldn't be engaged for five years, ten years. It don't take you long to figure out that person is crazy. (laughs) But you know what people do? Because their love has grown cold, you know what? After the first month, they deem you crazy. But they're going to stay with you until they find somebody else. Everybody understand? We're in bad shape when, when women who are, are not like that by nature have taken that on. Is it a wonder now why young women, when they turn 13, they, they start rebelling against their mother? They don't want to hear mama's voice. Don't want to hear. Mama might have been a fool in her day and might have made some mistakes. That don't mean she can't teach you something. She knows something about men, you hear. Everybody understand? Yeah, she knows something, and will rebel. And you think about it. I'm about to be 45. I can't imagine n- me at my age now. Just and if I could rewind, going back to 13 and thinking that I rem- I, I knew everything. What did you know? What did you really know at 13? What did you really know at 20? You had it all together. Some of you are just 25. Yeah, you're not far removed from that. Haven't even lived half your life yet, but you know everything. I, I got it all figured out. Everybody understand? That, that, see, there it is that isolation. because my love is, because here's the other thing when love grows cold it, it can't receive either it, it can't receive anything that goes against what it already knows everybody understand now let's wrap this up verse 12 and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax, in other words, grow cold. Now let's read verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall what? Be saved. So let me explain what this mean in the context that we read it in. Look at, if we look at verse 10, it says, and then many shall and then shall many be offended and betrayed and hate. Everybody see that? What is he saying? It's going to be all kind of stuff coming your way in life that's meant to set you off the path. Even after you get saved, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff just coming at you left and right. The devil got all kind of Detours. And he said, because of this, people's love is going to wax cold. But he's telling you, he's warning you as a believer. Do not fall for it. Because if you don't endure to the end, you won't be saved. In other words, if you don't make it through this life to the end, without getting out of offense, in other words, if you don't make it without Being pulled? How can you be saved if any little thing can tug on you? All it's all. Everybody understand. So even if you come to the Lord and God have healed your heart and you're all in and you're where you're supposed to be with the love of God and you you love people with a pure heart, the Lord is telling us the devil is still going to send stuff your way to try to get you offended. If you will look at, at it this way, offense is a detour, always. Offense is a detour. Everybody understand? There's no such thing as walking in offense and walking in the love of God. Once you've gotten offended, you've been pulled away from the love of God. And, and when, what do people do when they're offended? They sin. And what does sin do for people that have the love of God on the inside of them? It causes that love to grow cold. Everybody understand? Okay, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever been offended at somebody? Okay, so so let's say this. If you held on to the offense for a month, did that cause you to get closer to the person? I got to avoid you. You are marked and avoided. (laughs) Everybody understand? And not from Christ, and not for the sake of Christ either. Everybody understand? So what happens? Your love towards that person, what does it do? It grows cold. So the person that offended you, let's say they lied on you. They lied on you. And in your mind, you think it's just them. My offense is towards them. I got a right to separate myself from people that lie on me. But you know what happens? Somebody gets you on the phone, and you hear about somebody else lying on somebody else. What are you going to do? You are marked and avoided, too. I don't know you, but I won't get to know you either. Why? Because I'm walking in offense and don't know it. It ain't just towards one individual. Everybody understand? That's the, everybody see the, 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 the cycle there? When you get offended, you can be offended on everybody's behalf. Everybody understand? The truth be told, and I'm going to say it, that's what this quote-unquote Me Too movement is about. Yeah, that, that's the driving force behind it. It's a whole sisterhood going on with folks that don't even know each other and don't care to verify facts or truth or nothing. If you say some man touched you in, a, in the workplace, I'm willing to go lie down in the street to protest. I ain't got to know you, but we're bonded together. Really, why? Under the same offense. Both of our love have grown cold. We can't even give people the benefit of the doubt. Everybody see? And so what happens when people take on that mindset, when they're offended, they live that life. In other words, they walk in offense, and let me, let me make this clear, when you're offended, the next door that's going to open is its cousin, bitterness. That is where the the love growing cold thrives. Everybody understand? You'll become an unpleasant person. How many of you have dealt with people like that? Just hard to get along with. Can't, just can't get along just... That's a person that has been offended. That's a person that have allowed bitterness to come in. That's a person whose love have grown cold. They don't have the ability anymore to just identify. Let's just sit down and talk about it. No, they don't want to do that. Everybody see. But that's not God's will. That person won't endure to the end. Everybody understand? There's no way they'll be saved. They got too much junk on the inside of them that they haven't let go of. They don't even want to talk about love. Everybody understand? Some of you sitting in here right now, you grew up in homes where love was not openly expressed. You didn't hear your mama tell your daddy I love you or vice versa. There's something wrong with that. You didn't see your parents hug. Your parents didn't tell you that they loved you. There's something wrong with that. Everybody understand? And just because you grew up in it, don't mean that that's the way God wanted it to be. You have to get back to that place that God wants you to be. Everybody understand? I was blessed to be born in a time when divorce was not the norm. But children being born out of wedlock was not the norm. It's different now. Children being born to parents, that can't stand each other. They just cannot stand each other. And I feel even sorry for, for young people who never saw their parents together at all. Don't, don't even know what it's like for mom and daddy to live under the same roof. Is it a wonder why we're in the shape that we're in now in this nation when that's become the norm? The children don't even remember mom and daddy loving one another. They just know what at one time y'all dealt with each other because I'm here. Is it a wonder that God has to do a miracle in, in the lives and the hearts of people when they, they, they can't even identify their own biological parents being together. Don't even know what didn't work out. I just know y'all not together. I was, that's all I remember, y'all not being together. I remember y'all fussing when daddy came to pick me up. Everybody see? So you see, I'm trying to show you how the devil got a head start. In some of our lives, everybody understand. He 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 has a head start. It's no wonder why folks feel strange when they hug somebody. They feel strange. It's, it's you can't you can't say I love you without feeling like, man, did I do something wrong? Is that okay? Okay, okay. Well, okay, I love you. Everybody understand. That was one of the reasons why I love Nashville so much. Uh, my friend, he brought me here back in 1993. And he was going to his friend's house and his relative's house. And when they saw him, they'd just give him a big bear hug. And they'd go, like rock back and forth like this. Like they hadn't seen each other in ages. And I remember thinking I wasn't even living for the Lord. But I remember thinking if the, if the Lord allow me, I'd like to live here one day. Because I thought now that's the way it's supposed to be. Men ought not to be afraid to hug one another. or not to be afraid to express that love that they have for one another. Everybody understand. But you know, but back on the women, now nah, it's, it's sisters. It's hey sister Bolden, Hey, sister so and so. You see how we're shaking hands? Hey, sister. I love you Everybody see <laughs> And when <laughs> When the sisters are doing this What are the brothers doing Hey brother Alright over there We cool Let's See Ain't no punk in me <laughs> Everybody understand You know why Because when our love have grown cold, love, expressions of love feel funny. It's it's tainted. Everybody understand? That look odd to us. Everybody see? But that's not God's will. You know in the Bible, the men were told to greet each other with what? A holy what? No, one of these? And you know, to this day, there are brothers over in the Middle East. That's how they greet one another. They kiss each other on both cheeks. Everybody understand? Now, I'm not suggesting that we do that. Not trying to start a trend. (laughs) But I'm showing you how far we've gotten away from just simple expressions of love because our love has grown cold. We didn't see it in our parents, some of us. We don't see it in the culture and society. You know, when I was in the Middle East, it was very common to see two men walking down the street holding hands and their wives walking behind them. It was very common. Now it, it was strange to me when I first saw it until somebody explained to me that's what best friends over there do. They hold hands. They, they're not doing that because they want to sleep with one another. But they're friends. And that's the way they express their friendship. When they, if they're going somewhere together and they walking down the street, they hold hands. Now let me make this clear. The wives were walking behind them not because the wives were considered second class citizens. But because over there you got a bomb going off every few minutes, and the idea was the husbands walked in the front so that they could take the blast, just in case something was set off. But here we are in America; we're trying to trying to to uh, liberate them. Y'all, you women, y'all get in the front. Everybody understand. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what love that grows cold. That's what it does. It perverts true love. Everybody see? So that's not the Lord's will. You cannot continue to follow God with a hardened heart or lack of love. So if we have not been praying that prayer, let's pray that prayer. Lord, help me to grow in love. Everybody understand? And you know why? I want you to think about something. How many of you would admit you have struggles in your life, whatever they may be? It's something in your life you want the Lord to take away from you. You don't want to struggle with it no more. And so one day, people asked the Lord Jesus Christ, what is the greatest commandment? And the Lord said, to love The Lord thy God with all all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said the second one is like to the first one. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He said upon these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. You know what he was saying? If you will get these two things down, it will take away whatever it is you are struggling with. Everybody understand? If you will grow in love. uh, Let's read that again now. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall do what? Wax cold. So do you know the opposite is true? How do we get rid of iniquity and sin we pray and ask the Lord Lord fill me with more of your love if I have the love of God there won't be room for sin everybody understand we'll do just opposite but many of us we fighting with all of these struggles that we have these personal struggles that we have and not knowing the whole time, it, uh, it's, it's like this: If there's a, a, a infestation, there's a bunch of a bunch of flies right outside the door, and every time somebody come in this building, they let a few flies in, and then somebody leave the door open. What good does it do me to stand up here with a fly swatter, fly and swatting flies? Is that going uh, to fix the problem? What What do I need to do? Close the door. And so that's what happens when people, that's what it looks like spiritually, when people are fighting their struggles instead of getting to what caused the struggle. The lack of love. Everybody understand? The Lord said, if you love me, what will you do? Keep my commandments. In other words, if you learn to love me, then you'll automatically line up with what my word says. You, you won't have any struggles if you love me. Everybody understand? So we need to take that love back that we lost, that innocence back that we lost when we, were, when we were willfully living in sin and living for the devil and living out in the world. Everybody understand? The same way that it grew cold when we were out in iniquity, it could grow in the other direction if we choose to follow God and accept the love that he has to put on the inside of us. Everybody understand? The world doesn't have a sin problem. They have a love problem. What makes somebody shoot somebody else? Because they don't love them. What makes somebody steal from somebody else? They don't love them. Everybody understand? everything, every sin you can think of, it goes back to the lack of love. Everybody understand? That's not God's will. God wants us to love people. And he wants us to grow in love. Everybody understand? Now, I'm going to say this before we close. It's not a comfortable place to be in. I'm going to tell you why. Because your love for people, that's going to increase the sacrifices that you make for people. Does everybody understand? Your love for people, if you are just already, if you'll cry when your mother died, your love for people will cry when their mother dies. If you'll rejoice when you get something or something good happened for you, you'll rejoice when something good happened for somebody else. Love makes you vulnerable. And sometimes people are not comfortable being vulnerable. They'd rather be cold-hearted and shut down. In other words, they'd rather be robots. That's not God's will. Everybody understand? So love makes you more vulnerable. And everybody, that's, that's not a comfortable feeling for people because they ain't been vulnerable since they were three years old. Everybody understand? <laughs> and some of us before then. <laughs> but it's God's will. Listen, there's no such thing as... as Love without vulnerability. Everybody understand? Love will even appear gullible. How many of you will admit you were gullible at one time? Yeah, yeah, you were. Somebody said they loved you and you believed it. They didn't have to prove it, they didn't have to pay your bills for six months. Everybody understand? And as I'm telling you, that is the only place. Love is where the miracles of God, love is the vein that the miracles of God flow through. Everybody understand? So we can be here on this earth praying all day long, all year long for the whole century. Lord, send your miracles, Lord, send your miracles. And the Lord is saying, I need a pipe to send it down through. Everybody understand? How many of you got running water in your house? Well, it, how, how, how does it get that? Just through the rain? Y'all got holes in your ceilings and just pray for rain and y'all just got buckets sitting there? That water gets piped there from somewhere, doesn't it? And that's the way the miracles of God are. That, those miracles, they're piped through us. But we're the ones that control the flow of it. We're the ones that control it. Everybody understand? We're the ones that's responsible for the plumbing. It ta- we have to have the love of God. Everybody understand? And I'm going to tell you this. The love of God, when you have love, it's going to always appear that you're being used. Not in your mind, because that's not where you live. But to somebody on the outside, it'll look like well, they, they just look like I just you know, look like they just using you. How many of us use the Lord? You better know we do. You think he's complaining about it? Everybody understand. So let's get rid of this mindset. Of, I ain't going to let nobody use me. I'm not going to let anybody get over on me. If you said that, you go, I'm telling you today, go back and say the opposite. Lord, everybody understand? That same mouth that was preaching, I ain't going to let nobody use me, then they come in the church and say, Lord, use me. And you know what the Lord said? Well, which one is it? <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> My prayer is that we will be vessels of God and allow his love to flow through us. And if we've been hurt, if we've been hardened, that we will allow the Lord to heal us and get back to ground zero so that we can function the way that God intends for us to function. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this message that you've preached to us today. God, we hope that your people who are sitting here, those that will listen to this at a later time, Lord, that they will hear what you're saying. Help us, Lord, to not be hardened. Lord, I pray that you will heal the people in here whose hearts have been broken, who have experienced hurt, Lord, but have not been healed. God, I pray that you will give us all a a pure heart, a clean heart, Lord, and that you will renew a right spirit within us. Help us, Lord. We ask that you will show us the areas where we fall short, Lord. Take us back to the place, Lord, where we took on bitterness and anger and where we hardened our hearts, Lord, so that we can forgive those we need to forgive, so that we can let go of the things we need to let go of. Forgive us, Lord, for anything that we've spoken against love, for anything that we've spoken against your will, Lord, concerning love. Bring us back, Lord, to that place where we can love and where we can allow your love to flow through us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now... uh, Prayerfully, we'll get back together a little later and uh, discuss what we've heard today. And uh, so if that's all, we're going to be dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.